Hello, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. Today's episode was recorded on January 9th, the year 2024, right here in the Edge Construction Studio. Edge Construction, the masters of all things construction. You need some site development done. You need a little bit of dirt work done. Call my man, Brian Jones, 812-343-3035. All kinds of construction solutions these guys can help you out with. They're the best. Call them up. Great people. Great construction company. Edge Construction, baby. Also, this show is brought to you in part by Main Character and Company. My wife, Sarah, and Main Character and Company in the salon doing the things. Color, style, lashes. You want to feel good? You want to look good? You want to be your best self? Main Character and Company can help you get there. Now, today's show, we're talking about the national championship game. A little bit of recap. A little bit of what's to come for college football. And... Super Wild Card Weekend is this weekend. So we'll run those games down. All starts right now. You're listening to The Sean B Show on Second String Media. What's up? Welcome into The Sean B Show podcast. I'm Sean B. I'm all by myself here in the room. It's a pretty exciting day, though. Natty last night. Great time watching the Natty last night. It was... What we thought it would be. We thought it would be a Michigan blowout. In fact, I sat right here and said, I think it covers pretty easily. My buddy Nick in the comments said the same thing. 31-14. 34-13 ended up being the final. I had a bet on, just a small bet, but it paid like 100-1. to on uh, the uh, final score to be 34 to 10. So I'm actually a little upset about that last Washington field goal because that would have netted me over a 1,000. I would have loved to have had that. But uh, all in all, a great night. Like I said, Caesars had a boost last night on the game. It was Blake Corum over 119 and a half yards and Michigan win. That hit. That was plus 205. Um, of course, Michigan more than covered. Uh, the over did not hit. Um, I think a lot of people thought Washington would be a little more powerful offensively and they just were not, uh, Penix did everything he could. You know, I know Penix's yards last night were like 291 and a half and he did not get there, but, uh, all in all, you know, a, a great time watching that game. That game was close for a long time. And then Michigan, Michigan just kind of asserted themselves at the end. It, it was close. It was close. Penix got the 255 last night. I know my buddy Petey needed, um, he got Blake Corm's yards. He got um, uh, Jack Westover's yards. Just needed Penix over 291. Didn't get there. Had a, had a tud and two picks. But it's like we talked about. The Michigan defense was just too much. And we kind of thought it would be that way. Um, there were times during that game when the Washington defense, I felt, really outplayed itself. Um, and stopped a relatively high-powered Michigan offense. Uh, J.J. McCarthy showing off the legs last night, man. That guy, of course, you know he can run, but a couple big plays for him. He had uh, 31 yards toting it on the ground, Uh, but he did not. uh, The passing game for Michigan was not as dominant as I thought it might be. Didn't matter, though. 
My God. Did not matter. Blake Corm, buck 34. Donovan Edwards, buck 04. On six carries, buck 04. Oh, big play Blake. Got his, uh, got his yards last night. Michigan got the win last night. Michigan covered the spread last night. All Michigan fans today celebrating, rejoicing. Uh, Nick's in the comments. My buddy Josh. I don't know how his night went. I know he was alone in his basement where he could do all the screaming he wanted to do. Um, and, and overall, like I said, the game stayed close for a long time. And at the end, when Washington was just trying to make something happen offensively, they could not do it. Michigan took advantage of the fact that Washington was kind of starting to play desperately, it looked like. But, uh, yeah, Donovan Edwards was uh, almost to 100 yards in the first quarter. So, you know, Corum come alive, though. He was a guy that handed the ball to in the end, got that second tud. It was uh, his first tud was the run that he eclipsed his yardage on for the 120 for the boost. And uh, that was an exciting moment. And then, of course, a few more garbage carries and garbage time. Got himself another tud off the big pick six. It went all the way back down to the five or six yard line. Um, and then Michigan kind of converts that touchdown pretty easily. So, like I said, a lot closer than a 21-point game this was last night. Um, this did not uh, get out of hand until the fourth quarter. Michigan just kind of took over in the fourth quarter. Like I said, I had a bet out for 34-10, so that Washington field goal in the third quarter really upset me. Now that I know that the final was 34-13, to I was pretty I was pretty tore up by that. But uh, still had some chances. I made a few final score bets. Those are so... Long shot bets. I mean, to guess the final score of a game exactly, that's that's insane. But uh, all in all, a good night watching the Natty. Michigan finishes 15-0, sixth, I believe, sixth team all-time in major college football history to go 15-0. First team in the Big Ten ever to go 15-0. Um, just a great season for the Wolverines. Despite the... Some call it a black mark. I know most Michigan fans don't care. Um, the whole uh, Harbaugh cheating thing. Um, but a lot of talk last night was whether or not that will keep him from returning to Michigan. Whether those sanctions that are coming will keep him from returning to Michigan. Now, I was told last night that he was offered 10 years, $125 million to stay at Michigan. Under the pretense that he could not leave for the NFL. So who knows? Who knows what happens with Jim Harbaugh? Uh, yeah, last night was was pretty cool. You win that national championship. I don't know if he wants to go back to the NFL and try to win a Super Bowl. He came awful close the first time he was there. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that develops as, uh, as time goes on. And it may take a long time for those sanctions to come about. That's why I think it makes sense that Michigan's trying to get him signed now. Look, sign this. Don't go to the NFL. Twelve and a half million dollars a year, sir. I just like put my face in the whole camera or my hand, like talk to the hand. I didn't mean to do that. I don't always think about things like that, but uh, yeah, here we are. So we'll see what happens with Harbaugh moving forward. Doesn't matter tonight. Doesn't matter today. Michigan national champions. First time since 1997. And a consensus national championship that was decided on the field as opposed to in the polls.
So great job. Go blue. Again, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, you wanted to, you wanted to see Penix do what he does. It, it, all in all, it was not, it was not great. It's 27 for 51, 255, a tud, two picks. Um, like I said, a lot of those yards came late in, in I want to say desperation time when it was like, all right, we need to get a fucking touchdown. No matter what we do, we need to get a fucking touchdown. And they just could not get over that hump. They got into, you know, they got to, you know, the good side of the field. It felt like a couple times where it was like, all right, we're going to give up a tut here. We've got to make sure we're, we're, we're good offensively and we stay on top of this game. But at the end of the day, like that, that second half tutty never came. Dylan Johnson, 11 carries 33 yards. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a podcaster that sat right here in this exact seat that I'm sitting in and said that the Michigan defense would make Washington very one dimensional. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a podcaster that uh, that may have sat in this exact seat and said that looks a lot like me um, is me 46 yards on the ground. That's not going to get it done ever. You're never, ever going to be able to be that one dimensional and get this done. And this is why I thought this game would be. I know it was a 21 point final, but the game was closer than that. And I didn't think this game would ever be that close. Um, there's no guessing when it comes to what Washington was going to do. Washington was going to try to win the game in the air. Now, a couple things. Michigan, defensively, I read this stat yesterday. On passes that travel 20 or less air yards, they are best, second best in the country at defending those passes, those 20 and lower air yards. 20 and above, they're like 126th in the country. Now, compare that to the fact that Penix Jr. is the best quarterback in the nation when it comes to passes 20 yards or longer. So we thought for a minute that there might be some room there for Penix to exploit that kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, a weakness in the Michigan defense, but uh, to exploit that particular thing. And he, and he did try to go downfield quite a bit. Um, he did miss a lot of throws. Um, had a lot of drops too, but missed a lot of throws. And I want to say a lot of those drops were more passes defense. I mean, the Michigan defense was just really good last night. Really, really good. And I think the offense just did what it does. Like, man, they just slowly beat the shit out of you. And they've done it all year. And they're 15-0. and 0, And now they're on top of the college football world. And uh, congratulations to them, the Michigan Wolverines. Well done, well done. I'll say this though again. I really like to celebrate times when I'm right. 46 yards on the ground compared to Michigan's 303 was never going to get it done. So, so one-dimensional. You've got Dylan Johnson, an 1,100-yard back for the season, only gets 33 yards on the ground. I mean, and this guy touched the ball 11 times. So, I mean, three yards of carry in college, not not what you're looking for. Not what you're looking for. Michigan D, man, those guys up front, they put Penix on his ass a lot. Penix had a lot of trouble finding himself in good spots to throw footballs. Wolverines D, man, what a job they did last night. What a season 
What a game. Way to culminate the national title. Now, what I will say, we'll look back in hindsight at the college football playoff and we'll compare it to the year before. Because what we had last year in the college football playoff was garbage. Absolute hot garbage was last year's college football playoff. It was blowouts after blowout after blowouts. Plural, then singular, then plural. The national title game last year was a joke. But it's one of those things where it's like, how do you not put TCU in that? They earned it. Georgia was going to be there. Here's another thing that I will tell you. I think if Georgia found their way into this playoff, which I think they should have, this whole thing might have gone differently. This whole thing might have gone way differently. I'm not taking anything away from Michigan. They're very good. Washington is not the second best team in the country. In my opinion, after Michigan, the next two best teams in the country were not in the playoff. And that'd be Georgia and Ohio State. This thing should have been Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, and I guess probably Alabama, as much as I hate to say it. Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama is the way this should have gone. And had you had those four teams, because blah, 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 because whatever, Alabama won the SEC title. So maybe they, maybe it would be Michigan, Bama, um, Michigan, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. I don't know. But those, to me, were the best four teams that you could have got for this tournament. Having said that, this tournament went really well. You had two very good semifinal games. Very good. So the Michigan-Alabama game was a blast. Washington-Texas was just like, who's going who's gonna to be ahead when the game's over? I mean, I know every game is like that. But it was just like they were they they fought. This was this was two very well played, very hard fought semifinal games. The semifinals were a blast. Last night, at the beginning of the game, you didn't I didn't feel like Washington had much of a chance. And then as we got, you know, deep into the second quarter and up until about midway through the third, I was like, man, Washington could could shock could shock some people here. They, they could really shock some people here. And then and then Michigan turned it on. Finished the game. Finishing ball games, man. That's what they that's what they did. They finished the ball game. But when you compare this year's to last year's, this year's had to be wildly better from a rating standpoint. I mean, you got your national championship game. I had so much fun last night. Me and some friends got together at Ziggy's. Watch this national championship game. Had to be so fun. It was so fun. I think about us doing that last year, which we did not, to watch Georgia and TCU and to watch Georgia absolutely. I mean, it looked like the the Georgia-Florida State game this year. Despite Alabama having found a way to beat Georgia in the SEC title game, Georgia was the better team. I'm still saying that. I still think 
And don't get mad at me, Michigan fans. I still think that Georgia was the best overall team in college football this year. I would love to see, the world deserves to see Georgia-Michigan because those are the best two teams. Whether you, however you stack them, one, two, whichever way. Georgia-Michigan. But this is, the, this, is, this is something, a part of college football that's going away next year. Next year, they move to 12. Next year, this debate is over. Next year, anybody that had an inkling of a shot to win a national title will be in the tournament, will be there to prove it. Anybody that had an inkling of a shot. Because in college football, you can name five teams at the start of the year. One of those five teams is going to win it. And you'll be very, very, very accurate in doing that every year. One of those five teams is going to win it. You just know. This year going in, you're like Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State. Nobody ever thought Florida State was going to do anything. Nobody. It sucks that Florida State got excluded because they won a Power 5 conference with an undefeated record. It sucks that they got excluded, but we saw what happened had they been included. They got pummeled by a team that should have been included. This won't happen again. You know, the new debates next year will be these last two spots, those 11 and 12 spots, who's in, who's out. And while that's of some importance, a lot of these schools will probably get, you know, there will be benefits to the school for making the playoffs, i.e. national recognition, you're a playoff team, it's a big deal. But when you talk about fair shake at national title, this this new system, this 12-team system, eliminates all that chatter. And I said this for a long time. I've said this since the early 2000s, that if they had a 12-team college football playoff, it would be bigger than the Super Bowl. It only took them 20 years after I said that, I did a project on it in college where I was like, here's how you could restructure this whole thing. Everybody gets their money. Yeah, the bowl, the value of the bowl games diminishes a little bit, but honestly, who gives a fuck about the bowl games? Who cares? Tell me one bowl game that this entire country got hyped for. Maybe, maybe Georgia-Florida State just because everybody wanted to see what Florida State was going to bring to the table when it, when it was finally time to get a shot against a legitimate team. That didn't go well. That didn't end well for anyone. So let's do a quick Google search. Let's have some fun here. Let's go knowing what we know now, and you can't ever accurately do this, but knowing what we know now, and I know this is this model's out there somewhere, um, 12 team. Let's see here. I know this is out there. All right. So. All right. They've put this out there. 
So we know who would who would have been in. We know where they would have been. All right, we've got this. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a situation where, like, a couple teams would get a double buy. Um, they're doing this slightly different than I would have personally done it, just for parity's sake. Um, because while 12 is a good number, Liberty's in there. Now, here's what makes this interesting. Here's what makes this interesting. So we're going to look at this. Hey, congratulations, Tyler, on your national title. Let's uh, let's dive in here. So your first round matchups this year with what they plan to do next year would be um, number eight, Oregon, against number nine, Missouri. Oregon is a is a high kind of powered team that can compete with anybody. Um, and this year with a quarterback that can compete with anybody. The winner of that game would have gone on to the Rose Bowl to play Michigan. Florida State, number five seed, would have met Liberty. The Liberty Flames. Now, interestingly enough, We saw Florida State in their bowl game. That team was diminished. There's a possibility that 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 Florida State could have been on serious upset alert there. That Liberty team played well. They played well within their within the means of what they play. They never saw anybody like Florida State. But even then, with that Florida State team kind of diminished, there's no reason that you couldn't see a possible upset there where number f- number 12 Liberty meets number four Alabama in the, in the, in, in a, in an, in an elite eight matchup. I say elite eight. That's not what they're called, but Penn state and Ohio state number 10, number seven would have been the best game of the first round. Hands down. Great football game. Winner plays Washington. And then Georgia and Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Georgia, familiarity with each other. Um, but, I, again, I think Georgia and Texas. So so you look at uh, an Elite Eight would be Ohio State, Washington, Georgia, Texas, uh, Florida State, Bama, Oregon, Michigan would be my picks. And, obviously, there's no way to know that, but. So that's your elite eight. Oregon, Michigan. Oregon's the type of team that can get Michigan fits, but I still think Michigan wins that game and goes to the semi. Alabama pummels Liberty or Florida State. Don't care which one it is. So you end up with Michigan-Bama. Ohio State absolutely throttles Washington, similarly to what Michigan did in the fourth quarter. I I think Ohio State, I think it's a a touchdown or more game. Number seven, Ohio State against Washington. So you see where we're headed here. And then, of course, Georgia beats Texas because Georgia is going to beat Texas. So now what you have with a 12-team bracket is precisely what I said a minute ago. 
Michigan, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. Michigan, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. The difference is, and you and you say, well, why can't they just whittle it down to those four teams anyway? Uh, because they can't. There's so much in 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 the, in the in terms of fairness that happens that they they can't just go right to that because they've got no explanation for putting Ohio State in over Florida State. Minimal explanation for putting Bam in over Florida State. But definitely no explanation for putting Ohio State over Florida State. Ohio State didn't win their conference. I I understand the conundrums they run into there. This is what a 12-team tournament does to help this. This 12-team tournament will now create these situations where we can whittle this down on the field whilst including all the teams that deserve to get in. So that problem is solved. Now, what I don't want to fucking hear next year is this number 13 team out there. Call them. I don't know who we're going to call them. Um, Man, I don't know who would have been the 13th team there. I, I, I'd have to look at it. I don't know right offhand who that, who that team could have possibly been that Liberty got in over. <clears throat> I don't want to hear that shit because you ain't got no fucking shot. This is absolutely the best way. If they're going to do this dumb shit they do, with people deciding instead of conferences deciding. Because quite frankly, I believe, I believe 100% that the Sunbelt Conference, the WAC, all these Division One, all these football bowl schools should get a fucking automatic bid into a playoff. I believe that 100%. There should be an automatic bid for every conference that's included in FBS. We're not going to get there. They're not going to do it. So a, a, a college football playoff will still be bullshit until they do that. However, this takes the bullshit meter from way up here and literally shrinks it way down. Because, you know, when you think about the reality now you you know for a fact that everybody that you have in was all the teams that had a chance, all the teams that have a chance of winning this thing are in it. I fully believe that Georgia or Ohio State could have made splashes in this tournament, in this year's tournament. Georgia, Ohio State, fully believe it. You want to include Texas and Washington? Fine. Georgia and Ohio State would have made better teams. Now, all these teams are getting in. And we're going to see that. We're going to see six and seven seeds in the semifinal. They're going to see it. Michigan and Ohio State beat up on each other every year at the end of the season. If Michigan and Ohio State were to play week two, week two, If Michigan and Ohio State were to play week two 
you probably dissolve that problem there. Ohio State or Michigan one takes a loss week two. They spend the entire season, the rest of the season beating up on everybody. They get themselves back ranked where they should be. But the fact that that game happens in rivalry week at the end of the season, you got Ohio State knocked way down this year. Now they're not playing for their conference title, despite who I thought at the end of the season, I thought the best two teams were Michigan and Ohio State. And, and obviously Georgia too, you throw them in there with that. But Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. The fact that they play that rivalry, the game, at the end of the season, fucks the loser. And they're in the same division, which that goes away too. At any rate, this 12-team system gets everybody in that you know has a shot to win it. We're, we're outside of the realm of, oh, they got screwed, they could have won. Georgia absolutely could have won this year's championship. And they had a better shot against Michigan than any other team that was in. Ohio State, I'll almost say the same thing. But they were on the outside looking in. That won't be an issue anymore. Now, the way I thought they should have done this is like a double buy system. Because I think this would have created better games throughout. And I have to write this down. Otherwise, I'll just not... I'll just not, uh, I'll, I'll not be there. <clears throat> I thought Liberty should play Ole Miss. And then who's 9-10? Liberty, Ole Miss, Missouri, Penn State. Getting this right. So it'd be Liberty, Ole Miss, Missouri, Penn State. Winner of Liberty, Ole Miss. Goes on to play. Who would that be then? Um, Goes on to play the five-seed Florida State. And then the six-seeded Georgia would play the winner of Penn State and Missouri. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't. I'm not going to talk myself through it. I had this all in my head worked out. I have to write it down to explain it. Not doing it. I like the bigger tournament too, Jerry. Um, I think, like I said, I've said this for a long time. I think it'll be bigger than the Super Bowl. Um. And the college football playoff, the way they've done it lately over the last few years, has seriously increased the popularity of the college football national championship. Like I said, we had a blast last night. I I'm an IU fan, so it's hard to it's hard for me to get jacked about college football season when I know that another four and you know eight seasons on the on the horizon or three and nine seasons on the horizon. It's hard to get overly jacked about college football. Now with them bringing in Signetti. And getting some of these recruits they're getting, I, I may very well be jacked about IU football this year. But we'll see. I mean, every year starts with a zero, 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 right? But uh, so anyway, congratulations, Michigan. Go Blue. Uh, got the natty last night. Great for them. Um, like I said, for most of this game, it was a great game. At the end of the day, Michigan was the better team, and they uh, kind of asserted themselves. 
most of the fourth quarter. And, uh, yeah, so the uh, Michigan line covered, the Caesars boost covered, the under hit, all these things. Hopefully all you betters made a shit ton of money last night. Now, I'd be remiss to, to, to try and get out of here without talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. We set the NFL playoffs this weekend. I'm still a little salty. Somebody tried to talk to me about the Colts last night. I'm still a little salty about it. I don't want to talk about the fucking Colts, uh, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I I went on. Uh, you can go and uh, see uh, Saturday's podcast on uh, iTunes and Spotify if you want to hear me rant for a half an hour about the Colts because I sat in here like a pissed off, angry munchkin. Just uh, that would have been a Sunday's Sunday's episode of the podcast. <laughs> not fucking happy, but uh, no reason to go there. Okay, no reason to go there. Even though Sunday pissed me off more. Ah. The Houston Texans will be hosting a Saturday afternoon home playoff game that um, that should have very well been played in Indianapolis. Now, um, Saturday afternoon, the Houston Texans host the Cleveland Browns to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, two Saturday games. You got that 4.30 p.m. in Houston with the Cleveland Browns. And then Saturday night. This is going to be a great one, I think, because you got the Dolphins, who I feel are overrated, and the Chiefs, who I feel are struggling to throw a ball downfield, and Tyreek Hill in Miami, which is the reason the Chiefs can't throw a ball downfield anymore because, oh, my God, the rest of these guys can't catch a fucking gold. But Dolphins Chiefs Saturday night, 8 o'clock, uh, Super Wild Card Weekend begins with a couple of AFC battles. Then we'll roll right on into Sunday. Steelers, Bills in Buffalo. Pittsburgh gets a playoff spot. The Steelers get a playoff spot. Yay, we're the Steelers. We backed our way into the playoffs. Congratulations. You get to go to Buffalo in January. Fuck that. Fuck that. Sign a petition. Make them play this game in Toronto or something. I don't know what you got to do, but you're going to Buffalo in January. That sounds like shit. And I've said this, I've said this, you know, when we're talking about Buffalo getting a home playoff game, winning the NFC, uh, the AFC East. I said this, I was like, I don't know what the real prize is there because I am not trying to play in Buffalo in January. Let's just go see the the weather for this Sunday afternoon matchup. Um, yeah, the high is 20 degrees. It's going to be windy. Uh, 25% chance of snow. Yeah. Yeah, fuck all that. I guess it could be. It could be worse, though. I mean, to be honest, like we've seen the lake, the lake effect shit in Buffalo. We've seen that stadium full of snow. Uh, I believe it was last year they played a home game in Detroit. Uh, so, you know, I guess twenty degrees and a little bit of snow coming down. Things have been worse. You got lucky, Pittsburgh. You got lucky. Then Sunday at four thirty, the Packers head to Dallas. And I know the Green Bay Packers are excited to have this playoff spot and be eight and nine. Uh, I want to see what happens. Are we getting playoff Cowboys, which we know what playoff Cowboys do, or are we getting this Dallas team that has been absolutely dominant at home all year? Dominant at home all year. And I don't want to hear any shit from Lions fans saying they got robbed of that football game. I want to hear that shit. 
Dallas has been absolutely dominant in that building all year. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers headed there Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That'll be a fun one to watch. And then, of course, Sunday night, Rams-Lions, Matt Stafford heading back to Ford Field in Detroit. All those years he wanted to bring Detroit a Super Bowl. <laughs> now he's going to take it away from him. Um, I don't know who to root for in that game. I everybody loves has latched on to Dan Campbell. Loves Dan Campbell. I I am not there yet. I'm not there yet, and I'll tell you why. It, it largely culminated on you know last weekend with uh, with this loss in Dallas. Largely culminated with that. I he threw this giant fit about which lineman reported and this and that. And I got to be honest with you, like when you got cute at the end of the game, and I, I haven't really said anything about this, but he got cute at the end of the game. He got cute. He said, I'm going to do things this way. We're going for two in the win. We're getting it right here. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to send in some linemen to report eligible, and we're going to make sure the communication's right. Even though all this is non-reviewable, we're going to get really fucking cute. And that's what he did. And it cost him a football game. Now, is this the referee's fault? I 100% believe it is. But you don't have to get that fucking fancy. Even if you're going to go for two. I'm not saying oh, go for the fucking tie, man. Extend the football game. I, do what you want. Sometimes it's, the stats say go for the win. You're in Dallas, a place where they're dominant, and you got a chance to put them away. I understand the decision to go for the win. But when you get too fucking cute, Dan Campbell got too cute, man. And and you got to be 100% certain that you're on the same page with the referees. Got to be 100% certain. And I truly believe that the offensive linemen for the, uh, for the Lions tried to do that. I really do. But at the end of the day, you have to know as a coach, hey, man, if something is fucked up here in the communication ring, this is not reviewable. So then when they backed him up for the illegal touch, they went for it again. Now, this to me was the dumb, the dumb part, the super dumb part. Fuck. This didn't work. Kick the fucking extra point. Kick the fucking extra point, man. Nope, going for it. Ah, we got a penalty. We got a penalty on. We got a penalty on Dallas. We're gonna try again. Just everything was telling you to stop. Everything was telling you to stop. I got a slot machine. I walk up to sometimes at the casino, and I go to put some money in it, and it keeps spitting that money back out. You think I'm fighting that fucking slot machine to get that hundred dollar bill in there? I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm like, this fucking machine is trying to tell me to fuck off, and I'm going to do just that. I don't care about the bells and whistles and the little bonuses, and I want to see the firecrackers go off. I'm going to another machine because the universe is telling me to do just that. Anyway, Monday night, NFL wild card round, closing it out. Eagles, Bucks. Are the Eagles going to – I mean – 
this was a team that we thought was the dominant force in the NFL for most of this season. They are on the road in Tampa Bay for wild card weekend. They're on the road in Tampa playing a wild card game. This is just not what we thought the Eagles were going to be. They fell apart at the end of the year. Um, I'll say this, though. They're going to dominate the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, uh, <laughs> nine to nothing over Carolina. Nine to nothing over Carolina with the playoffs in your division on the line. Nine nothing, huh? So Carolina's been nothing but a shit show all year. Nothing but a shit show all year. That's not running through a brick wall. That's that's literally like at the beginning of the game when you bust through the paper to get the crowd all fired up. Like Carolina, you won nine nothing. Your offense couldn't do shit against the Carolina fucking Panthers with your division and the playoffs on the line. Sorry, Tampa, you're getting fucking smoked on Monday night. Period. And I, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I, I I love Baker. I love how hard he fights. I love that you can't keep him down. I love that he keeps coming back and say, where's my next opportunity? But this shit we saw this weekend with this Tampa Bay team in Carolina, what the fuck? You're about to get ran over. If you needed a game to figure some shit out, you're Philadelphia on the road in the wild card round. And hopefully the Eagles get some shit figured out. Because, oh boy, that was not pretty. That was not good. I said this was going to be a short podcast, and here we are not being short at all. Instead of talking and talking and talking, I'm going to make wild card predictions on Thursday. On the Thursday episode of this show, we're going to break down these wild card round games a little harder, okay? Make a little predictions, little prediction. It's a, my combination of the word prediction and action. Works out. Checks out. Uh, a couple things from the NBA. Tyrese Halliburton carried off the floor last night with a hammy, hammy injury. Suck. Carried off the floor. Makes you think, holy shit, this is wild. When your fucking hammy cramps up and it's bad, that leg ain't moving. Your boy's going to get you. Pacers beat the Celtics despite all this because Benedict Matherin was the next man up. Also, I think it's funny. The Pacers players now call Tyrese Halliburton the point god, which I think is a little shade at Boston. Pacers are good, and they're coming, man. Look, they've underachieved. Okay, they're they're a little closer to 500 than they should be. They're a little further down them Eastern Conference standings than they should be. That team is good. That team is good. That team is deep. That team can play. So when you talk about later on in the, in the year, you talk about seven-game series, that depth is going to be massive. That depth is going to be massive. That's why if you trade Buddy Heald, I, 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 I'm a big Buddy Heald fan. I understand his contract is way too expensive to be a bench player. But if you trade Buddy Heald, you better get some fucking supporting cast for him. Whether it's a whether it's a one guy, two, whatever you got to do, supporting cast. And there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that could use a buddy healed. Ton of. Them. <sighs> That's all the sports stuff I have for today. 
I got some uh, second string media news for everybody. Um, I'm going to sit back here and kind of just uh, talk for a minute. Oh, look at that. That's still in the middle of the frame. I love it. <sighs> I love it. All right. So I'll just make this short and sweet. The uh, We started this new year. Uh, knowing that we wanted the things that we do in this room at the end of this year to be unrecognizable from the things that we're doing now. Um, completely unrecognizable. And some of that means that some changes are happening. Now, and I'll go ahead and just go on and speak from the whole thing. Uh, this doesn't have a whole lot to do with uh, the Mind Snacks podcast. Of course, that's still going to be a thing that we always do. We're going to do some things differently with it. Uh, we're going to change the way we appear on screen. We're going to optimize it. Uh, one of the goals was to optimize everything for television. Um, because there's so many options to watch these things on television. And, and, and if people decide they want to move in that direction, we want them to be able to do so. Um, so that, that comes with a couple things that comes with optimizing the time that you use to do your show, uh, making sure that, that you're consistent with your schedule and keeping that show, <laughs> you know, around that hour time frame or whatever. Uh, but not necessarily a hard line to that, but you know, or deciding that, Hey, we got some, we got a bunch of shit tonight. We're going to do a two hour show, whatever it is. But so you'll see changes there across everything we do, um, optimizing things for television. Um, but with regards to this very show, uh, the Sean B show will, uh, will, will cease to exist, uh, very soon. Um, it's, um, it's weird because when I dreamed of having podcasts and i I'm just doing this now for fun. You know, we're not really, you know, we're building towards something, but it's nowhere close to something yet. So we're just having a great time. But when I talked about, you know, visions of having a show or something, it was always the Sean B show. That's what I want. Um, and now I've got, uh, I've got a big idea. I've got a really big idea for how we present um, the sports content that we want to present <laughs> and it it's um there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into play there the future of sports content and and the direction that it's going in how can we do something that is new and exciting how can we do something that you don't see everywhere you got guys all over the internet talking doing the same shit i'm doing right now you got guys all over the fucking internet doing it so what's different about what we put together in here? And uh, in some conversations with a few people, we've answered those questions. What can be different? What can we do differently? And we're going to move in that direction. So while this show will, like I said, it will cease to exist eventually. <laughs> um. I don't know when that is. I don't know if there'll be a gap in between like what I do 
and then me do this all the way up until we're ready to um, move on to the big idea. Uh, the big idea is probably we're probably a month out. Uh, the goal I'm calling it the big idea right now. I already know what it's called and what we're what we're planning, but uh, I don't want to divulge too much. I want that to kind of happen organically, and then we'll talk more more about it as time goes on. But I don't know. I I, I don't know what time how much time that's actually going to need so we'll see anyway that's just the the thought there uh but like i said this show will eventually the sean b show will eventually cease to exist um it's no longer going to be about me um like i said a lot of the changes that are about to start happening with some major moves in here um you'll see like we're we're moving like i said the goal for 2024 was for the operation in here to be unrecognizable from what we have today um, in a good direction. You know, we could move everything out of here and just quit doing it all together. Unfucking recognizable. No, in a good way, in a good direction, unrecognizable from what we're doing today. And that is going to be the case. So having said all that, um, just uh, don't be surprised. Um, what am I going to say? Don't be surprised when now nah, I'm just gonna we're we're busy. We're busy and a big idea is coming and I can't wait to get started on that and share it with everybody. A big idea is fucking coming. Uh anyway, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. This has been the Sean B show. Thank you guys so much for paying attention to my little uh story there. And uh all you guys listening on the podcast, of course we do this live on YouTube at Second String Media. And uh, for those on YouTube, we have a podcast that we upload. It'll be this exact thing that you just heard, only in audio version on Spotify and iTunes. I thank you. We'll see you later.